Hello, and welcome to a special preview podcast for La Rochelle versus Leinster in the 2021-2022 Heineken Cup Final. European Champions Cup Final. Heineken European Champions Cup Final for this season. Uh, it is probably the uh, the true final. Sometimes you see the two best teams um, maybe don't contest the final over the course of the entire season. I think looking at Toulouse, you could say that as good as they are, or as talented as they are, they didn't really play a lot of the pool uh, stages. Now, Leinster missed a game as well. But you look at La Rochelle, I think on the whole, I think they've played really, really well. Leinster obviously have been p- uh, performing incredibly well this season. So I, I, I think looking at this final, the two teams that are there, I'm not going to be getting into the narrative stuff because, to be honest, that kind of bores me. You look at two really good teams coming up against each other, I think that's what you want to see in a final uh, on a stage like this. So as for this game, I will be on the beach watching this. Not literally on the beach, near the beach. I'm already down here right now. Um, I've been kind of getting a colour today. If by colour you mean a kind of a sizzling bright red. Um, which just always tends to happen. And I've kind of got that going for me right now. So I'm kind of happy. Tomorrow, the weather's supposed to be good. I'll be watching this game. Um, I might do a TRK radio afterwards if the internet holds up. Um, but it is, yeah, a very, very interesting game. And I think looking at um, the way both sides set up, and I'll get to the teams there in a the minute, this has the potential to be either one of the most dour cup finals we've seen in a number of years or potentially a hugely exciting one you look at the possibilities the players selected on both sides um, and I think that both sides could have a good argument for being a bad matchup for each other and see possible matchups for themselves where things can go their way positively I'll get to the Leinster team first go over some of that then go to the La Rochelle side and then kind of break it down then based on uh, where I think both sides will look to go and possible opportunities for both sides. So it's on at the Stade Velodrome. It is on at quarter to five Irish time, um, just so you're aware. Uh, Leinster back three is Hugo Keenan, uh, the very versatile and solid Jimmy O'Brien uh, at uh, on the right wing. James Lowe is fit to start on the left wing. He's somebody that um, Leinster will be keeping an eye on and La Rochelle will be keeping an eye on. Uh, Gary Ringrose and Robbie Henshaw start in midfield. Halfback, Johnny Sexton and Jamison Gibson-Park. Uh, up front, they have Andrew Porter, Ronan Kelleher and Tyg Furlong, who's also fit to start. Again, there was worries about him this week. Um, he'll be strapped up, ready to go. I think the only way he wasn't going to play this game is if he was literally unable to play. Um, going on the injury that they were talking about, He's had two weeks. Um, he's fit to start, fit to train. Um, how long he'll get, how long he'll last, I think that's going to be up for debate. Um, but there is no way he wasn't going to play in this game unless he was absolutely fucked, and I don't think he is. So we'll see how that plays out, but not not a surprise. Uh, second row, Ross Maloney starts alongside James Ryan, and they have their uh, back row, Caelan Doris, Josh Vanderfleer, and Jack Conan. On the bench, they have uh, Dan Sheehan, Keen Healy, Michael Alalatoa, Joe McCarthy, Reese Ruddock, 
Luke McGrath, Ross Byrne, and Kieran Frawley. So again, this is pretty much the Leinster side that's beaten Toulouse, uh, Leinster or uh, Leicester Tigers. Um, no real weaknesses there. You look at certain areas where they might not be elite, where they possibly could run into trouble, but again, an incredibly formidable side. You know, very well coached with a style of attack that I, I think since the last time they played La Rochelle, I think is a fair bit different. They've added a fair bit to their to their attacking work since then. Uh, and again, you could argue that Leinster weren't quite at full strength in that game either. But again, you look at their team here, quality all the way through. Like, you know, again, they'll worry about an early injury in the second row. And that'll be a concern for them if they have to make a change. Joe McCarthy, as well as he played against Munster, this is a different level game. Uh, you look at the level of um, the uh, La Rochelle pack, they've got some fitness issues of their own to worry about too. But uh, again, I just think that Leinster are a very settled side. These guys have been playing with each other all season long. I know everybody has, but this side more or less has been playing for Ireland as well. Like you look at that pack and that pack, bar Ross Maloney, would start for Ireland uh, in the first test against uh, New Zealand and they may start Ross Maloney in that game um, you look at their outside back line James Lowe Robbie Henshaw Gary Ringrose you could easily make an argument that Jimmy O'Brien could go there now too Hugo Keenan at full back Sexton Gibson Park this is Ireland essentially against La Rochelle you could look at the bench as being you know there's possible areas there where they don't really stack up but like again that that starting side and you look at areas like where I'm going to talk about the scrum and how it does and doesn't matter in this game but that's a very very strong Leinster side which you'd have to say probably favourites right now to win that game so and rightly so because look that, that that's a test side you know bar one or two spots in the starting side and maybe one or two guys in the bench like that could easily start that like that would easily start for Ireland bar maybe one or two guys so there's not much there to look at and go you can't really look at that and go, oh, we're not favourites. If you're a Leinster guy, you have to be favourites. That's just the way it is. We'll just go quickly to La Rochelle. Uh, they have in the back three, Bryce Doolan, Dylan Lades, and uh, Raymond Rule in the back three. Really good variety there. Uh, that's a good mix and match of the type of... Uh, pace, explosivity, creativity with Bryce Doolan, kicking options, strike running options, um, really, really good. Midfield is Jonathan Dante and uh, uh, Jeremy Sonzel. Uh, Dante is signed this year from Stade Francais. He played a lot for France, actually, in the Six Nations. Big, physical, powerful runner. And uh, he's a guy who, again, has the potential to cause trouble for Leinster on both sides of the ball. Uh, you look at the halfback pairing is uh, Thomas uh, Berjan and Hiaio West um, uh, Carabarlo didn't make it the talk of the um, the uh, hurling glove <laughs> didn't really didn't really pan out I mean realistically like I mean you, you, you probably could have put him out there but I was thinking there like yesterday afternoon Thursday afternoon I was watching a bit of La Rochelle and I was just thinking, like, all he needs is a stray boot over the top to catch him on that, and he's more more than likely off the field. That can happen two minutes in. You don't want to be caught like that. You'd, I mean, so I'd say they were having a look at him really, really late. They might, they might look to put him up there, but 
fuck it, I'd be I'd, I'd be surprised. Um, you know, like it wouldn't be the things where you could see him rotating in late, you know, but I'd be very surprised, like I said. Um look at their front row is Danny Preso, Pierre Bougarit, and Uni Antonio. Uh Thomas Lavalt, uh Will Skelton in the second row. Will Skelton, a guy who Leinster have a lot of bad memories for. Monster too, actually, an incredibly powerful player. Questions over his fitness too, also, where you're wondering how fit is he? Um, he did play a bit last week against Dad Francais, but there will be concerns there as well. Their back row is Wian Liebenberg, Matthias Haddad, and Gregory Aldrit. Um, on the bench, Facundo Bosch, Reda Wardy, Joel Scalvi, or Sclavi, Roman Sazi, Remy Bordeaux, Arthur Rettier, uh, Lavania Bottia, and Jules Favre. So you look at the strength of this La Rochelle side it's actually pretty formidable uh, again you might not have heard of Matthias Haddad a very very good player very young but he is so highly rated in France like I was talking to a friend of mine there I think it was back in January they were talking about Haddad about this guy you're going to be hearing all about him in a couple of years um, and we might get a early preview of it actually very very talented guy great athlete unbelievable uh, agility, great size. He's around six four. Um, he's a guy who's got a lot of um, athleticism that's kind of in him. In a, in, a, in a different type of way to Gregory Aldrich. Um, Wian Liebenberg, more of a small forward build player. Um, could be a kind of a guy who they'll match up with Josh Van der Fleer. But you you again look at the at the you know Gregory Aldrich here will be a key player in this game on both sides of the ball, but primarily in attack. I think a lot of teams have gone on about and, and I, um, you look at La Rochelle being missing Victor Vito they are um, but he's a guy who I think they need to move on from regardless as good as he is as a quality player and I think like if you can scale up Matthias Haddad like they think then you won't miss a guy like Victor Vito but you'd, you'd want a senior guy here I think they'd ideally like him to be coming off the bench but we'll see how it plays out um so look, I, I think when you look at this game, I think that, and I certainly said this um, for Provincial State of Mind uh, on Wednesday, that the key area will be the breakdown. Anybody who's watched Leinster or Ireland, because to be honest, they're mostly the same at this stage, would say that stopping Ireland and Leinster at the breakdown is one way to go about beating them. Uh, the one example people have for this, certainly this season, um, Actually, there's probably two examples. Actually, there's probably more. Three examples where a team has done a pretty good job of slowing up Leinster at the breakdown. And as a result, um, they have performed less efficiently as a result. I will use Leinster and Ireland interchangeably here because for the most part, we run broadly the similar, a, a, a broadly similar style. So you look at... Um, the game against France is the one analogy a lot of people have. It would be easy to make here too. There's a lot of the same characters are there on both sides. A lot of the principles that France play with, you could equally um, apply to La Rochelle. They have good size uh, in Wian Liebenberg. They have a guy there who's a good jackal poacher as well. Um, you have Gregory Aldrich as another guy. I mean, you, you, there's lots of this... Uh, La Rochelle side are big powerful men over the ball Pierre Bougarit has it in his game Danny Preso has it in his game as well 
Um, you've got Will Skelton as a guy, and, and you, again, you look at that. You, you look at that that Lara Shell front five. It's pretty fucking formidable, you know. And again, I, I think that it's not necessarily about being and, and being a necessarily a really good poaching side, um, because again, you need a referee to reward you for that. Um, I think one side who did a really good job of this is um, sorry, I'm moving around in here and trying not to make too much noise. Uh, is Scotland showed the way in a lot of ways where you don't necessarily because again when you're talking about Leinster a lot of teams and it's the same for Ireland and there'll be talk about this in New Zealand coming up in the next um, couple of weeks once this regular you know the, the club season is done we'll be going into test rugby and there'll be a lot of talk from New Zealand about the breakdown and how do you stop Ireland at the breakdown and the importance of stopping and slowing Ireland at the breakdown it's the same thing for Leinster um, so to to an extent it is obvious to say that and the next obvious thing to do would be well you've got to get a lot of poachers on the field you've got to get guys in there to try to slow them down and try and go from there I'm not sure if that's necessarily the correct option when you're defending Leinster because you will have to defend Leinster at some point during a game it actually goes far deeper as to how you stop Leinster playing that type of game because to an extent, they can kind of play it from anywhere. There, you know, you look at the, you know, managing territory against Leinster used to be a way to deal with their game because their their like their their primary tendency before was, you kick high and contestable to the wings, you challenge them in the air there, they then wouldn't really look to try and play too much from in and around their own ten meter line, they kick the ball back and from there then you can kind of start building in and they've lost games like that with that style. I mean, they've, they've won games too, but they did have that element of conservatism in their game that now, I think with the addition of 50-22 has actually benefit, benefited them in a way that I think you certainly look at their long kicking game, which I'll get to in a minute because I think it's actually linked to the breakdown. You look at what La Rochelle will do and you look at the players they have, they have a lot of big, strong poachers but the collisions will be hugely important here as well and the choke tackle uh, or the attempted choke tackle will be hugely important the threshold for winning big breakdown penalties especially in a big pressure game like this with an English referee is pretty high you look at it and you go like when it was going to be Leinster and La Rochelle it was always going to be an English referee like you look at the way that English referees typically have been refereeing the breakdown most of the time there's not a huge lot of policing when it comes to side entries or off feet entries with regards to uh cleaning out the ball to get it a kind of a game flowing like that's going to happen in this game with with with, uh, with Wayne Barnes bar all but the most obvious exceptions so if i'm looking to try to defend Leinster in this game with the with the, the weather being the way it is as well it's expected to be incredibly hot um that will be taxing more so on Leinster than you would imagine La Rochelle but I wouldn't say to be a decisive factor one way or the other it, it will increase the important of, importance of the bench and it'll also increase the importance and the management of the opening sequences of the game um, but you look at if, I, if I'm Ronan O'Gara um, I'm looking at it and I'm going I'm not sure I want to play a whole lot of off-ball rugby against Leinster and La Rochelle really like they don't, they tend not to play that way. If you look at Leinster at the moment, they are to an extent an off-ball side that kicks incredibly long, like 
one of the longest uh, in in a, in a, in a in a raw state. In the URC, they kick a lot of meters. Only sharks have kicked more. But if you look at their like their 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 meters per kick, they're right up there. And again, as I said in provincial state of mind, the only other side who kicks as long as they do is the sharks. Noel McNamara is a former Leinster coach, and it's no surprise to see him looking to try to play elements of the same game. The reason why it doesn't work for for the Sharks is, despite their talent, is that they don't have the right ingredients at halfback. If you don't have an elite level halfback pairing, and I'm talking about pairing here rather than necessarily an elite 9, Leinster certainly have an elite 10, um, the system doesn't really work as effectively. What Leinster do, I believe, is they... Because you can, I think you can kind of get lost on their options on the ball. They have a lot of options on the ball now, more so than what they did last season, right? They have a lot of guys like inside ball options. They have like split pods. They're using a lot of different things this year. They've added since their last defeat against La Rochelle. But it's mainly based on their management of the sequence of the game. So you look at Leinster and you look at their kicking meters. Now, some of those goes off the field. They've got a really good defensive line-out. If you go back to that semi-final, Racing versus La Rochelle, in the opening part of the game, the line-out was absolute chaos for both sides. So I think that will play a factor as well. But Leinster like to exit long up the field. And if you go back and you watch um, last week's game against Munster, if you can fucking stomach it, uh, stomach that game, you look at Leinster using Jamie Osborne in the same way that they've possibly used uh, James Lowe before and or they might possibly use James Lowe in this game and the way they have used him before where they exit the ball directly up the field and keep the ball in play. For Leinster here, that will be an aim within an aim where what they're going to look to try to do is maybe up the ball in play time, back their own fitness. They're incredibly fit. Um, you try and back your own fitness there because again you can't play a long kicking game without elite level fitness you've also got to have elite level transition defense otherwise you're in trouble and that's where this game will hinge I feel transition attack and then your transition from that into phase play and your transition defense for both sides will be hugely important Um, La Rochelle when you look at their kicking strategy overall they mix and match. They don't really have a set kicking strategy in the same way that Leinster do. Leinster put a lot of air on the ball uh, and they do so constantly. And when they do that, they generate a transition state. Now, against Munster and I think against most sides, they're very confident that when they kick and they don't just boot the ball anywhere, they kick it to a position where they manage the space in the aftermath. Now, when you kick short there are advantages and disadvantages of that. By kicking short, you allow your chasers, your wingers or whoever, to contest for the ball in the air. You might win that ball back, you might win a knock-on, and in, in that moment, then you can transition into a uh, like a, a flow state straight after you've won a transition, right? When that ball is in the air, depending on who the personnel are, that could be as good as a 50-50, Right? There is an element of gambling to kicking short, though, with that contestable kick. I think you've seen, and and certainly over the last number of years, as teams have... Because, again, the game doesn't stand still. Teams are aware that, you know, uh, teams who kick short and contestably, like Munster do for the most part, like, they know that that's coming. They know that that style is coming, and they know that 
there are things you can do to limit that. I mean, you've probably seen the wall of players now that, you know, when they're when you're falling back on your transition, they all just so happen to run in a kind of a line that blocks the kicker or blocks the, the catcher so that they have a clean uh, catch on the ball. And again, there's risk that comes with that too, which radiate out from that, which is uh, discipline. Like, how many times have you seen a stupid fucking penalty given away and maybe a yellow card or even a red card in the aftermath of a kick chase? Now, again, I think in everybody's ideal state, when you're talking about kick chase and, and, and kicking short, the guy takes the ball in the air, he lands, you wipe him out uh, in the tackle, you get a guy in over the ball, you win a breakdown turnover, you attack then on transition, or you win a penalty for holding on, or you soften that guy up and you can do that and, and like, you know, you're you're building for later in the game. Like, that's certainly a, a kind of a plausible way to play. I, I think to a certain extent it is outdated. It's hugely effective, but I think teams now are kind of well aware of that threat and, you know, th- like, they scheme against it, you know? Um, so I, I think Leinster were weak to that uh, in the past. Uh, I, I think certainly when they were beaten by Saracens, that element of their management of the game was an issue where... They got pieced up by Saracens in defence on in the aftermath of those transitions when they did win the ball back. And it was um, a weakness for them. Uh, Munster certainly tried to exploit that a number of times. But again, if the back three guys are clean are taking those balls fairly clean, that's the end of that tactic, really. Then you're looking to try and stop them in defence. And if they feel threatened at the, at the breakdown in and around their own 10-metre line or they feel they're not winning the collisions that they want to, Leinster just boot the ball long down the field and then start their own transition sequence off the back of that. So when I'm talking about a transition sequence, when Leinster kick the ball long, they are in essence going to a new uh, and a kind of a, a modern style of set piece, which is kind of happening in open play. If you watch the likes of Hugo Keenan, you you watch the likes of Jimmy O'Brien or James Lowe, they have a lot of options that they can run in those moments, but like a lot of their... Uh, of their their kicking game is based on reacting to what you react to so if your reaction to their uh long kick down the field is we're going to play super patient right so you're thinking we're going to chuck the ball up and return or we're going to get into kick tennis we're going to try and stay patient there leinster with the kickers they have in their backfield they're fairly happy playing any sort of of, of of kick tennis for an extended period. You've got Hugo Keenan, you've got James Lowe, you've got Jimmy O'Brien who's quite a well-balanced player there uh, there as well. You have Johnny Sexton, obviously, when he rotates in. like They're very comfortable playing that type of kick tennis if you want to go down that route. But if you're looking at going, well, okay, we'll take, uh, we'll run back in transition, we'll try and counter-attack again. They're very comfortable defending Munster in that space because I think our attack in transition off the kick is one of the consistently worst things we do. But when you're looking at Leinster, they will match you. They will send likes of Josh van der Fleer, uh, Jimmy O'Brien, Hugo Keenan on the chase, not necessarily chasing to take the ball as it lands, but to guard you when you're running back. So once they have you in that first space there, they will flex into their defensive system pretty easily and they'll start going about winning defensive collisions then in the aftermath. So your uh, your your tendencies after the, the run back, they look to try to examine. For Munster, what we tend to do is if they catch us behind our 10 meter line or behind halfway, we'll maybe go one transit, we'll go one phase, two phases, and then we look to try to kick and chase and reset that way. 
what we'll do, what and what we do and, and again I think relatively successfully actually in that last game was uh, pressure the high ball win the ball back the ball might be bouncing around but you live with that you know you try and win those moments and then play while the defence is out of shape that's fine but it doesn't work if the opposition win that ball in the air and then they can reset again like this is the moments where we're outside set piece now and you're dealing in a long sequence of play where it's like maybe one kick couple of phases one kick back another couple of phases and kind of go from there now at a certain point some one team will look to try to maybe get the ball off the field that's where the accuracy of your your of your kind of your your kickers then comes into play you don't want to kick out in the full make a mistake that way Leinster tend not to make those mistakes uh, you could have that weakness against maybe Gibson Park in the years gone by you could maybe look at, at, at Hugo Keenan he certainly worked on his game with, with regards to that but they tend not to make that type of mistake and if they do I mean they're like they're, like they're quite well capable of kind of managing that game back into their 22 exiting straight to touch long through the likes of James Lowe that'll be something they look at here now again with his shin injury you'd wonder is there could there be an issue at play there we don't know but it's something to watch anyway so what Leinster will look to do then is that if you are going to kick back to them and look to try to play that way they're happy enough dealing with that right so here and again La Rochelle don't really have a set tendency with regards to their kicking Leinster almost always kick way longer than their opposition almost always so the danger here is is that if you kick long to La Rochelle in a managed way where you know it's basically where you haven't won a turnover and you know uh, you're just kicking off your phase possession you'll see La Rochelle dropping um, Gregory Aldrich into the backfield in any situation where they feel Leinster are going to exit long up the field so f- say for example uh, Ehio West after a period of a couple of phases nudges the ball down the field I would imagine I would look to see if I'm La Rochelle, I'd look to try and get the ball off the field fairly early here, right? And often. Um, if you can get it off the field anywhere between Leinster's 10-metre line and their 5-metre line, so again, depending on your on your positioning here, your 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 behaviours might be different, but if you can get that ball off the field where they have possession inside their 10-metre line, if you can pressure them in the air and on the reset, again, a lot of the, a lot of their a lot of the Focus here will come down on their carrying and how La Rochelle, especially with the likes of Jonathan Dante, st- you know how they stack up with the likes of Robbie Henshaw, how they stack up with Jack Conan. I think he's a guy who need a big game carrying the ball here, actually. And like those sequences will be hugely important because if La Rochelle can get a kind of a, if they can get a handle on Leinster off the first or second phase of of uh, the the lineout, then it'll get to well Leinster then will will kick long down the field. Now, in that position then, you will see Gregory Aldrich used quite a bit by La Rochelle, where he takes the ball. Maybe he doesn't take the ball directly, but the ball is passed to him, and he runs a really hard, direct line into the space. And again, Leinster will be always advancing into this as well. He is a big, powerful runner, and he will advance directly into that tackle, and they will be big fucking impacts. And uh, if you, you you've got to make that tackle because if you don't, he will keep he will keep running and he can offload, pass and get that ball away. So that's going to be a big collision there. You might you might be seeing the likes of Josh Vanderfleer. You might be seeing the likes of Robbie Henshaw used in these moments to try and stack up with Gregory Aldrich. In those moments, then what La Rochelle tend to do is 
they will start to go through their phases. You will see them looking to, you know, pass out of screens through the likes of Preso, through the likes of uh, Uni Antonio, who actually has pretty good hands, and look to try and roll through their phase play like that. And they will use Leinster's long kick downfield and not necessarily look to try and counterattack directly. They will be quite direct with their return and then advance into phase play afterwards. And that's when Leinster could run into trouble. Because again, Uni Antonio is a guy who gets over the gain line. He might not get and burst over the gain line and, and fucking, you know, run it in from fucking 30 metres, but he gets over the gain line. And if he starts winning those collisions, and it's rare that he doesn't, right? And again, you've got to be careful with your with your numbers here. You can't go too, like putting in two, two-man hits on, on Uni Antonio. You can't get really drawn into that too much because like whatever about the weaknesses in, 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 in Ehio West's game, like his concentration is over the ball, like as a goal kicker, is really poor. Uh, he just has a habit of like of just pulling and blocking kicks. There's no consistency to his kicks, really. Like he is the exact opposite of what what you would imagine from a Ronan O'Gara uh, coached uh, team at ten. But as inconsistent as he is, he is still absolutely capable of having a great day off the tee. But you just cannot predict in advance what he will miss and what he will and what he will snatch like it's just it's very very unusual for a player like that that's the one area of his game that's a real weakness and probably a large reason why he's moving on from La Rochelle this season but you look at the um, how La Rochelle go in those moments Ehi West is actually a really good runner of the ball and kind of a, a director of the play in, in those moments especially as La Rochelle go from their first phase on transition to their second transition phase and then into established phase play and because they're so big and heavy on the ball like and with with, with kind of physical threats everywhere that kind of puts pressure onto Leinster's reset game then as well like if La Rochelle will say early in the game manage to get a good sequence of possession in and around the Leinster 10 meter line off a Leinster kick downfield where they're getting Will Skelton onto the ball, they're getting Danny Preso, they're getting Uni Antonio, Pierre Bougarit, uh, Gregory Aldred again showing up, Don T. They've got guys as well who can who can kind of spread that ball into the wider areas then as well and use like Raymond Rule. Again, like a lot of French teams, like I think La Rochelle would be kind of, not unique, but they tend to use backs and forwards integration, back and forward integration a little bit more than what a lot of the French teams do. But, like, you will see them look to try and go wide and the likes of, you know, Doolan interacting with Raymond Rule on a one or three, you know, maybe a three or four pass sequence and then coming back again against the grain with big, heavy runners. And again, you look at their front five, big, heavy guys. Like, last year they had, um, and I think this guy is still on the bench for them, actually, but, like, they, they had an issue with size last year. Um with outside of Skelton they've kind of remedied that this year uh, like you've got like uh, Thomas Lavalt there is, is a young player but he's big six foot six and a half a big physical guy they've got guys in the bench as well who have that kind of physicality as well so they won't want for collision winning and what Leinster don't want to fall into the trap of is when uh, La Rochelle if they run back those first long kicks downfield and are in a position then where they're able to pressure you in phase play. Maybe you concede a penalty 
uh, I would imagine La Rochelle will look to try and kick that deep early. If you've got one issue with, with Ehi West, it's his goal kicking. But his kicking down the line is actually really aggressive and really good for the most part. So, like, when you look at the, 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 the risk for Leinster is... It's that their first kicking sequence, that kicking sequences that they send, like that they send downfield, that they end up being um, a, a, a an opportunity for La Rochelle to get a hold of the ball, keep a hold of the ball, and then maybe punish Leinster on the scoreboard. And in the heat that's out there, with the 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 atmosphere, the pressure that's there, like that's something where Leinster early on, I think they'll nearly want to try and hang on to the ball and pressure La Rochelle offensively. And look to try to go because again, if you look at if you look at Leinster, they typically start really, really well. And again, I look at their 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 option taking and their their restart work is generally really good. I know they did that really well against them um, against Munster, but in general, it is too. Like and like from there, you're talking about um, if if you're Ronan O'Gara, you want to hold Leinster out there. Obviously, uh, you want to really look to try to slow down the ball before they even get to the deck. And with Gregory Aldrich, Will Skelton, in fact, like all of their pack, really, they've got guys there who were just really sticky defenders. And if you can slow down Leinster there, they will kick, and that's when you can look to try and build in your sequence of play. Then afterwards, I think for the most part, though, like if Leinster are attacking, it depends on who gets the kick off. That's going to be hugely important. Like again, I wouldn't give a shit really about the restart, like where where you're playing, which direction. Like whoever gets the restart here, that's a big opportunity. And I think if I'm Leinster. I want to be taking that restart. Uh, and if I'm La Rochelle, I probably want to be taking the restart as well. You, Because t- again, Leinster could go short. Okay, they could. But I, I think if you're La Rochelle, you probably want to start that with Leinster kicking off. You take it off the, the restart. Uh, you go through a few phases. You kick long then. And again, EHIOS is quite good at this. Uh, he's got a really good long and high contestable because again La Rochelle can fluctuate they can kick way longer than their, their, their opposition like like they did against um, Montpellier or like against Racing they can kick way shorter so like uh, again like that will play a huge part in it too because it decides the sequence of the game like if La Rochelle take the ball early on and they're kicking deep into Leinster's half um, then it'll come down to Leinster's work on transition how do they react to that and again this is where the scrum plays an important part again. If I'm La Rochelle, I'm thinking, I'm not sure we want to kick short to Leinster here. Because um, again, I think Leinster have become quite good at handling that. I think you want to kick quite long yourself to pressure Leinster's sequencing of the game there. And I think you look at their selection of Wian Liebenberg, small forward build player, and uh, Hadid, or Haddad rather, who's an incredibly athletic player as well. Those guys could be part of a pressure game on Leinster where you're kicking long down the field now again there is a cardio expense that comes in kicking long down the field in weather like this Leinster um, are well used to it but again with the heat and the humidity that's there that could change things too like but if you're La Rochelle I think you risk that early to get Leinster into a sequence that you could manage so if I'm uh, Ronan Nagara. I'm mapping out my first five minutes here or my first actions depending on who gets to kick off or whatever else You, I, I think you'll see La Rochelle look to kick long early uh, and again these will be fairly relatively routine kicks where it'll go long down the field you maybe see Hugo Keenan taking it and looking to run back Hugo Keenan's always got that kicking option as well there's risk attached to that as well but they've got to match him on his run back so when he comes back I think you maybe see the likes of uh, Liebenberg or you'll see the likes of um 
he's actually the brother of Hanro Liebenberg as well at, at Leicester that, that, that Liebenberg guy um, so you'll see him looking to come up and match him on that or, or Raymond Rule is another guy who's a really good chaser as well and look to try to pressure them in that moment then I think if you have heavy guys in over the ball as long as they're not fouling or you know uh, going off their feet or giving away stupid breakdown penalties which again English refs will be more likely to to, to, to penalise on the defensive side of the ball you've got to be physical you've got to be heavy make Leinster clean you out um, and from there once Leinster kicked that ball back especially if you can keep Leinster in and around their like in and around their like halfway line or even close to their 10 metre line there's an opportunity then to start hurting them on transition there afterwards you've got to make your first time shot on Gregory Aldred if they have him in the backfield because he will break the line he will accelerate up the field and he can offload as well that's going to be a huge threat for La Rochelle all throughout this game but as I said there like when you're any sort of kicking duel or, 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 or kind of exchanging transitions knocking on the ball is a huge issue and it's something that when you might say look dry track you know lovely weather errors can come there as well and knock-ons and and forward passes or whatever else have the potential to be hugely expensive for Leinster in this game when you look at Andrew Porter when you look at um, Ronan Kelleher and Tyke Furlong they're an outstanding phase play um, and line-out uh, front row the importance of the line-out in the modern game it has matched up perfectly with Ronan Kelleher it's matched up perfectly with Andrew Porter now in the last couple of months we have seen a, a good few times Andrew Porter coming under huge pressure in the scrum um, and to an extent it hasn't really mattered he was having an awful fucking time of it against um, Wales um, but it wasn't penalised definitely against France uh, the week after and you could say the same uh, against Leicester you could say, say the same against Toulouse but it didn't really matter all that much because for the most part it tends not to like if you look at Leinster when they're making that switch and I think it's the same applies to Ireland when you're making that switch back from Porter who had been playing a, a, as a tight head for the last four years four or five years and moving him back over to Lucette where he played as a younger a younger player basically all of his senior rugby has come as a tight head prop when you are making that change you understand that there's going to be tough times in the scrum and that that is something that is a, a risk, but it's a managed risk. The amount of times the scrum has cost a team is very rare, really. Really, I've spoken about this a fair bit this week. So, like, you look at it and go for Leinster. There is a risk to it, and it, you know, there, there, like, I mean, the one game you don't want it to cost you is in a Heineken Cup final. But that is certainly a risk here. Andrew Porter up against Uni Antonio is a recipe for potentially disaster especially if a scrum happens relatively early in the game and Leinster get carted backwards especially if it's on La Rochelle's put in that's going to be a hugely like their handling discipline is going to be hugely important in the first part of this game because what you don't want is a fucking massive tight head side uh, La Rochelle's tight head side in the scrum Will Skelton uh, you've got Pierre Bougarit as a hooker yeah but you've got uh, Will Skelton and Uni Antonio absolutely pounding on that loose head side against uh, Andrew Porter and Ross Maloney with Ronan Keller, who isn't the outstanding scrummager either. Either that has the potential to be an absolute nightmare um, for Leinster. And if you are seen to be dominantly, like dominantly losing your your scrummaging battle, and if that happens early, the referee can start awarding straight arm penalties early, 
and like La Rochelle haven't really been able to didn't didn't really take advantage of a really dominant scrummage against Racing weren't able to take advantage of the line out with the addition of Will Skelton I think Leinster will be more likely to give them more line outs because again Leinster are really good competing in the air but like what you don't want if you're Leinster is early handling issues on your side I mean La Rochelle they live with uh, handling errors early and, and that's why I'm thinking maybe they might go short and contestable as well because th- that produces knock-ons and if you're La Rochelle you take that scrum early because La Rochelle I think will be looking at the Leinster scrum over the last two weeks and go we can fucking hammer these guys and create a dominant picture early and if it's a case that the scrum becomes important where you've got four, five, six scrums in a game uh, in the first half for example and Leinster are dominantly losing those that can set a tone in the game where for the most part scrummaging doesn't matter now like and I mean that like where like where you've seen teams where scrummaging where you're going backwards in the scrum but you get the ball out that's Jack Cohn is going to be hugely important Jamison Gibson Park essentially throwing the ball into the fucking <laughs> to, to Jack Conan in the scrum will be hugely important because I'm expecting here uh, Leinster to come under pressure and as the game ages on uh, it's going to get more exaggerated and again if uh, Ehia West isn't kicking well off the tee that will mitigate the issues to a certain extent because again you look at that moment where remember when Toulouse equalised against Munster that was off a, a scrum penalty on our put in right so we got we got pumped there but like Ramos still had to make the kick so again I think Leinster will look at it and go Ehia West generally can't kick snow off a rope so like you'd live with elements of the scrum battle but Leinster will have to make that worth it by being really effective on ball that's why I think Leinster will have to try and dominate the ball early don't necessarily want to go into that long kicking game early so I think you I mean, you might even see Leinster try and go short off the line out here and look to try to win that ball immediately and then dictate the sequence of the game from there that's going to be hugely important even from the first kickoff depending who and who wins the the the, the coin toss will be i think quite important <laughs> in in how this game will start anyway certainly um because again i think leinster will look to try and hang on to the ball early i'm not sure leinster want to play too much off ball rugby against la rochelle they're comfortable doing it against munster because they don't rate us physically and they don't rate our attack i think looking at la rochelle i think you'd be silly to do that and now again, it, it, it might work, but I don't think you want to tax guys like Van der Fleer, guys like Caelan Doris, even guys like James Ryan, who tend to, to, to put up a lot of numbers early on with your um your your your, your tackling and your stopping. Because this game is going to be fucking brutal. Like, this is going to be brutal. Hard, like on a hard top, hot, like, and like with La Rochelle, a big physical aggressive team going to be very, very difficult. Um, So it's very tough for me to pick who's going to win because again I can see sequences of the game playing out for both sides will the scrum be important I think that's a that, that's a key area in this game like because again most of the season it isn't even in some finals the scrum isn't really that important but if you're La Rochelle you want to make it important here but you've got to take advantage of that too and how you get those scrums and where you have them is hugely important there could be a big siege lifting moment inside your own half but ideally you'll want that around the Leinster 10 metre line where you can really start to fucking squeeze them. And if it's a case that uh, Leinster with uh, Caelan Doris and Vanderfleer are worried about Gregory Aldrich breaking off that, they're worried about the threat of Jonathan Dante, 
you can see then where it can start to get where you're not getting the support and again this happened to them against Saracens as well so there's elements of this that make La Rochelle quite a bad matchup for Leinster but at the same time it's kind of hard to bet against Leinster with how efficient they've been from an attacking perspective can they get that attack going nobody's managed to stop them yet this season but that would be the question can La Rochelle do elements of what France and Scotland did to Ireland because again the parallels are, are, are pretty clear to, to Leinster that would be the question will the scrum be big how will the uh, the kicking game work will La Rochelle kick short or kick long or, or mix it up because I'd be, I'd be fairly sure Leinster are going to kick long that's going to be important the defensive line out can Leinster start imp- imposing their uh, their will on, uh, on La Rochelle there I think if they can do that they'll be a long way to win in the game uh, whatever happens in the scrum but it's going to be very very tight I think so yeah I'm looking forward to it um, thank you very much for joining me on this podcast uh, I will be back uh, looking at the game on Twitter I think maybe but I'll certainly be back with a re- review of the game uh, either on Sunday evening or Monday so thank you very much for joining me thank you very much for being a tier case subscriber I will talk to you again very very soon